Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's podcast with me, Gail from Sober Bliss. I'm feeling all cosy and warm and snuggly right now, which is kind of the vibe that I want to bring to today's podcast and share with you. It's middle of November, it's cold outside, we've got the fire on, and lately my morning routine, even though that's not what I'm talking about today, but I'm going to share anyway, my morning routine has been to, once I've come back from being freezing with the dog first thing on a walk, um, I come back in, I turn on the fairy lights on the tree, and yes, that's Christmas tree, but we've had it up all year round, though it's not really a Christmas tree, I put the fairy lights on, make a cup of tea and sit down and do my writing after I've lit a candle and um, the incense. And it's really warm, cosy and comforting and I just love it. Now routines and rituals are really important when it comes to, you know, navigating our way when we're not drinking, they give us something to ground us. It's something to hold on to, something to look forward to. And if we really think about what it is that we want, how we want to spend those times in the day, what's precious to us, then times that used to be really scary and you know we used to worry about, like wine o'clock, for example, those times can then become magical and a time to cherish and something to actually look forward to. And that's what I want to talk to you about today because I'm in the calm, cosy vibe of winter, I suppose. I want to talk to you about evening routines and bedtime routines. But first of all, I want to tell you a little story about bedtime. When Joshua, my eldest, who's now almost 21, um, when he was a baby, we had a bedtime routine that consisted of bath, bottle and bed. I loved this ritual and I defended it. I carried it out for as long as I could, it was that important to me. It was how I based my whole day, actually, on this bedtime routine. And I even used to go to bed myself at eight o'clock. That was his bedtime. Um, so that I could get in a few hours sleep before he woke again and I would do the first of the, the nighttime feeds. Now, the reason that this bedtime routine was so important, so special, and the reason I loved it so much was because I felt happy and content in the knowledge that everybody was exactly where they were supposed to be, safe and warm, at home, tucked up in their beds. They were loved, they were fed, they were clean, they were cared for, and they were safe 
and happy. And that was the only thing that mattered. However, when I was drinking, I managed to stray as far from my values around bedtime as was possible for me. And actually, the the main struggles I have when I think about my drinking, the main source of my pain and guilt and shame around my drinking years is because of bedtimes, which should have been special and loving and magical all the way through until both my kids are, you know, at the ages that they are now, with bedtime stories, with fun in the bath and you know, taking our time. They were, as I said, about as far removed from that as as possible. They were rushed. They were chaotic. They were haphazard. And often, you know, a last minute thing that just had to be done. And sometimes, bedtimes were something that I've got absolutely no memory of at all. I would often wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, what happened last night? Where are my kids? Did I read them that story? Did I kiss them goodnight and tuck them in? Did I even feed them? And the worst thought was... Do they know that I love them? Because I've got vague memories of partying until two, three o'clock in the morning and finding Nico in bed with me with no idea how we got there at all. I've also got memories of being kissed goodnight by one of my boys as I passed out in bed um, after too much drinking in the afternoon. And then no memory after that as to where they went. And this is something that I still come, you know, I still struggle to come to terms with because it's not me. It's not me at all. If you know me, you know how much I love my bed, <laughs> my evening routine. And I do wonder how I could have behaved in this way. And I know how. It's because I was drinking. It's because of alcohol, quite simply. It was because of alcohol, because alcohol makes us behave in ways that we usually wouldn't. It makes us say and do things that we never, ever would do had we not been drinking. And alcohol spoiled the bedtimes that I could have had with my kids. And that was something that I really leaned into and cherished and kind of focused on when I quit drinking was building and enjoying lovely nourishing bedtime routines even though by then my kids were you know they didn't want me to read to them they were doing their own thing um Nico was sometimes quite happy to be read to but Josh wasn't (laughs) um and they were like, oh my God, why are we doing this now? 
<laughs> but I do look forward to bedtimes. I do love a good evening routine. And what's important to me is I know that not so much now Joshua because he doesn't live with us anymore. But when Nico goes to bed at night, I'm 100% sure and confident that he's being fed. <laughs> Obviously, he's a teenager, so I can't not feed him. Um, he would let me know. But no, joking aside, I know that when he goes to bed, goes to sleep, I know that he knows that he's loved and cared for and safe and at peace and exactly where he should be safe and warm in his bed, you know, not having endured chaos and drama and, and suffering. So no matter what's happened, what is happening, what's going on around me, um, knowing that at bedtime, everyone is right where they should be, safe and warm and tucked up in bed, is something that I'm really grateful for. And I will always be grateful for for that. I took it away from myself for so long and to have it back again is just so special. And it's it f- just feels so good to be finally getting back into living in alignment again, to being who I truly am. Um, and not doing or saying things that make me feel ashamed or guilty or in pain. Um, So yeah, bedtime is important. Routines and rituals are hugely important. They are a way to, to show ourselves and our families some loving care and kindness and gentleness. And that's what I want to help you with today. So while I try not to cry, I'm going to share with you now some ideas for a lovely, cozy evening bedtime routine. Now that we're getting into winter, instead of maybe regretting the warm long summer days and the light nights that have you know gone they will come back we will have them again but now think about going all higgy and embracing the dark and the coziness and see it as an opportunity to rest and to slow down and to be kind and gentle and loving And actually, if you want to have a good morning routine, if you want to have a good day, then what you do in the evening, what you do at night time is so important. It obviously impacts how you sleep at night and it's a massive effect on how you wake up um, the next day. Now, I talk about my morning routine a lot. I've just mentioned it there. It changes all the time. But I've not really gone into much detail about my evening routine. Obviously, um, after my husband's stroke, my evening routine was um, pretty 
basic for a long time for the past six months actually we've been having our dinner winding down in a you know however we can but because my husband was so exhausted then we'd be in bed by eight o'clock he would be fast asleep and I would be in there next to him just reading because I was scared obviously to not be there that's slowly changing we're slowly getting back into something that resembles a bit more normality um and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today all of these suggestions that I share all of these ideas take obviously what sounds good to you take what you want to try and leave everything else and think about where you are in the world what the season is my evening routine in the summer this year aside looks completely different to my evening and bedtime routine in in the winter when the nights you know are light and long and hot not like they are at the moment <laughs> um and it's okay for things to change because you will find uh, maybe that what you've been doing doesn't work for you anymore and that's okay the most important thing I think when it comes to these routines and rituals I think I prefer the word ritual is to ask yourself what is it I want from this ritual this routine how is it helping me and how does it make me feel and the minute you find yourself just doing it to tick off a whole load of boxes or because you think you should be doing it then it's time to change it and really hone in on what it means to you how it makes you feel and how is it serving and helping you that's the most important thing when it comes to anything that we do how does it make me feel so here are some suggestions, some ideas on how you might like to wind down um, in the evening at bedtime so that it becomes something to cherish and to look forward to and to enjoy. Obviously, this is my experience. These are things that I do. These are ideas and suggestions based on conversations with other people. You might have kids, you might not have kids, you might be by yourself, you might have a house full of people. So whatever you do, again, tailor it to your own circumstances, your own needs and how you want to feel. But the first thing I would say is that it's important to make a commitment that you're going to have a go and make time for yourself. Allow yourself the time to wind down properly. So try not to jump straight from TV into bed. And please, if you don't do anything else, don't take your phone into the bedroom. Leave it somewhere else. That's going to make such a big difference. So make time I would say if you can, have about an hour before you actually plan to fall asleep or to go to sleep to have this evening routine. And you might want to extend that and 
not just have a bedtime routine, but have a whole evening routine. But basically, for about an hour before bed, um, it's really an important time for winding down and to getting ready for bed. And if you can start to do this consistently and regularly, then it will help your sleep. Your body will eventually come to realize, you know, take the hint that it's time for sleeping soon. So simple things like turning off the TV, turning off as many lights as possible. Maybe just have dimmer switches or a few candles around the house will help your brain and body, as I said, realize that bedtime is coming and it's such a good way to wind down and to relax and to to get in the mood for slipping. And this cue that you give yourself by turning off the TV and you know, or going upstairs if there are other people in your house and you can't just turn off the TV is a signal that it's getting ready for sleep time. And I would also say be gentle with yourself. Evenings are not really the time to, I don't know, write that project for work or write your sales page or go on a power walk or um, listen to, I don't know, true crime, true crime dramas on your iPod, you know. Cut out anything that's stressful or scary or takes up too much brain power and try and choose activities or things to do that are gentle, calming and soothing. So this is a time when instead of having like, a, I don't know, a 10 minute power shower, you might want to have a calming, relaxing, warm bath, something soothing to drink a nice book to read, those kind of things, a meditation or some gentle bedtime yoga. You get the idea. And it can also be really rewarding to physically prepare your space for, for sleep. So you might be the kind of person who loads a dishwasher or does the dishes or has a quick tidy around the house, picking up things off the floor. Um, you might want to prepare for the morning, get things out that you know you're going to need, so you're not, you know, going to bed worrying, oh my God, have I done this? Have I put that out? So practically, getting things ready for the morning is a good thing to do at bedtime. And don't do it yourself get everybody else on board if you can so you're not the one stressing at bedtime trying to get everything ready for the morning and this also goes for the internal clutter I used to wake up even when I wasn't drinking when I'd stopped I used to wake up like three o'clock in the morning worrying had I you know, plan correctly for the next day, do I know what I'm doing? Um, and things that had happened during the day also used to plague me in the middle of the night. So it's sometimes a nice thing to do a bit of bedtime journaling. You, you might do your gratitude at bedtime 
or you might just do a little bit of a brain dump and get all your thoughts and worries out of your head before you go to sleep you might want to quickly check and make sure you've got everything ready for the next day write your to-do list and if you do write a to-do list this is something that somebody told me once and it's a lovely thing to do you write your to-do list for yourself and then you give the universe something to do while you sleep as well so if you want I don't know a parking space outside the doctors tomorrow then ask the universe to sort that out for you while you go to sleep things like that um and it also i don't know helps you go to bed helps you go to sleep feeling a little bit magical and also supported you know there's somebody else there helping you out so put out a wish or a request to the universe um and let them work on that while you sleep and then when you've done all of that it's time to relax now I said you might want to do some bedtime yoga or listen to a lovely meditation maybe you want to have a bath maybe you want to put lavender on your pillow or put your diffuser on have the lovely essential oils um, and read a story if you can before you go to sleep now at bedtime is not probably the best time to be reading maybe self-help things um because it just makes you anxious and makes you think oh my god i should be doing this i should be doing that something nice and relaxing and soothing before bed and like a typical bedtime story not a horror <laughs> Um, and it helps if you've got a really cozy environment to do all of this in. So make your bedroom, make your bed, make your space as cozy and comfy and welcoming and, and nourishing as possible. I like my bedroom cold, my duvet thick. So when I go to bed in the winter, because my bedroom's at the other side, about as far away from the fire as you can be with no central heating I have lots of blankets um, lots of layers everything's cozy and warm and comfortable um, I sometimes take a cup of tea with me but if you know you're the kind of person who ends up staying awake because they need the toilet in the middle of the night or the caffeine keeps them awake then choose something else golden milk is a lovely drink at bedtime so whatever you do try and make the space you do it in really warm and welcoming and cozy all your senses think about all your senses so have something that smells nice some soothing music maybe make sure it looks nice so get rid of the the clutter in your bedroom if you can you don't want anything to distract you or to worry you um you just want to focus on going to sleep basically so how do you prepare for sleep again it's personal preference i know people who listen to meditations i often do a yoga uh, nidra for sleep at bedtime um you can try some deep breathing 
you can do your gratitude, you can pray, you can do your um, bedtime yoga at this point, just before you're about to go to sleep. Anything that you can think of, anything that you know helps you to feel calm and relaxed and sleepy, then this is what preparing for sleep means. This is what you do. And some of the, you know, quick tips, I suppose, to help you if you haven't thought of them already, if you don't already do them, is try and go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every night. I used to uh, live in a cave, so my bedroom was completely pitch black, even at midday in the middle of summer, it was pitch black in there. So to help me wake up and go to sleep, I got an Illumi body clock starter, I think I've talked about this before, so it would gently mimic the sunset and the sunrise, and I still use it today. I don't live in a cave anymore, but my bedroom is still pretty dark. And it's just a nice, gentle way to go to sleep and to wake up. It's much nicer than being shocked awake by an awful alarm at 5am. So be kind to yourself. Again, as I said, don't take your phone into your bedroom. Try and avoid caffeine after, I don't know, 2, 3pm. Don't eat a big meal before you go to bed. Try and exercise earlier in the day. Remember, bedtime is about gentle, soothing yoga and meditation. Some yin yoga or um, uh, yoga nidra. Not, you know, really strenuous um, cardio workout before bed. (laughs) Try and have a cool bedroom. There's... A lot of evidence, scientific evidence to say that we sleep better if our bedroom is cool, not freezing. Um, And I would say don't worry if you can't sleep, especially in early sobriety. This is a big thing. People often tell me that their sleep is awful in the beginning. And mine was pretty bad too. Because... When you sleep, obviously, it's your body's way of repairing itself. And also, there's a lot going on when we're sleeping. And sometimes the body's just not used to falling asleep without alcohol as well. Because when we drink, we're basically knocking ourselves out and, you know, passing out. Um, So without that medication if you like then of course your body's going to find it a little bit tricky in the beginning to to fall asleep now obviously if you've got trouble sleeping anyway if you really suffer from insomnia then you probably tried everything that I'm going to say but if genuine if generally you don't you sleep well but then you find yourself unable to sleep well or fall asleep or wake up often after quitting drinking, then try not to worry about it. Be patient. Give yourself some time. I like to just lie there and be grateful for the peace and quiet, basically. Because if you think about it, when in the day do you get to lie 
warm and cozy and comfortable and still in the dark without being disturbed or distracted. So even if you're not sleeping, just be thankful that you're resting. And maybe keep a sleep diary just to try and work out what's going on. It also helps you to keep track of what works and what isn't working. And as you progress, you know, through the the days, weeks, months of sleeping without alcohol, then you begin to see kind of a pattern emerge. And I would say just keep trying, be consistent. If you find that after two nights meditation's not working, then give it a little bit longer before you decide that it's never going to work for you. We have to be patient, I think, with ourselves and be gentle. So don't give up too soon. Um, And remember, if you really don't like something after giving it a proper go, then you can get rid of it. You don't have to do it. That's why a sleep diary is quite important because it helps you keep track of what you like and what you don't like. And also, as the seasons change, our routine will change. And it's good to kind of plot that as we go through the year. And I do think it's so magical. It is one of the lovely things about being sober is climbing into bed as I said right in the start, knowing that everybody is where they should be, they're safe, they're warm, they're loved, they're cared for, and that includes you. There's nothing better than closing your eyes, snuggling down, knowing that you've done the absolute best for yourself that day, that you've been kind to yourself, you've been true to yourself, you've been loving and nourishing and you're living the life that you want in the best way that you can and that is truly a magical feeling and it is a gift of sobriety and it's something that I am really grateful for because it's so far removed from when I was living in in chaos during my drinking days And it's who I am now. My family call me lazy because I could go to bed at 7 o'clock quite easily and stay there until 5 o'clock the next morning. Um, And that's okay. That's who I am. I like to relax and to be cozy and to read and to write and do all of those things in bed. You know, who says that I have to stay up until 10 o'clock watching TV? I don't. And being alcohol-free allows me that opportunity, I suppose, to do what I want to do and to not feel guilty about it. So use your bedtime to your advantage. Use it to create a lovely evening routine Uh, Just quickly, something that I used to do as well when I first stopped drinking was I would have a shower quite early on in the evening, I don't know, maybe five o'clock or something, and wash my hair and get ready for bed. That really helped because 
there was no alcohol in the house and there was no way that I was going to go out and get any. And it plus it felt like a treat. It felt really cosy and lovely. So try and think about how you could incorporate winding down for bed into your evening routine in general. I hope that's given you something to think about, something to experiment with and try if you already have a lovely evening routine then let me know what it is let me know what you do and how it helps you and why you love it so much also if you've got any particular meditations that you you really love that you can share that would be great I will put a link to a the evening meditation that I created for you in the show notes and also the yoga nidra for sleep meditation that I love. And remember, if you want more support around sleeping, around bedtimes, rituals in general, and you, or you're ready to, to embrace this chapter of your life, if you're ready to quit drinking and and start living in a way that feels good to you, then I'm here to help. Book a cup of chat with me and let's talk about how we can work together. I do one-to-one coaching and we've also got a fabulous, gorgeous membership. If you're new here, then do sign up to the Sober Bliss newsletter and you will get a gorgeous guided visualization to help you tackle the first part of your evening routine, which is often wine o'clock. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you're feeling suitably soothed and calm and relaxed. If you did enjoy the podcast, do share it. And I'd really appreciate it if you could rate and leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Stay warm, safe and cozy and I will see you next time. Bye for now.